0: Hey everybody, it's me, John Raphael. Welcome to OK Let's Go. Five topics, 30 minutes, happy Memorial Day to all of you who are celebrating and hopefully getting some much needed time off. I'm fresh off a very unhinged Shania Twain concert, I have to say. Don't get me wrong, I love Shania Twain and I had an amazing time, but her wig choice was questionable um, and I know she's had issues with her voice, so there's no reason to go there, but I love Shania. It was the time of my life, but, you know, questionable choice in wigs. Anyway, today I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend. He's like Madonna. He really only needs one name, and that name is Jan. I met Jan when he was in Brazil and he was interviewing my former boss, Kathy Griffin. And then we met pre pandemic in New York City, and now he lives in Los Angeles. Jan, welcome to the show. You really are like Madonna. How's it going?
1: Am I, because I'm old and still around and looking for a younger man.
0: <laughs> well, that is quite the flip on the compliment, I will say. <laughs>
1: but I mean that in good, in a good way, you know, I'm a Madonna stand through and through, like my number one, as you, as you are as well, like we're going to see Celebration together. So, you know, I'm on board, whatever she brings me and whatever she gives, I'm here.
0: <laughs> no, totally. I mean, speaking of Shania's show, then we're, we are going to see Madonna in the fall, so I just know she never disappoints. So when was the first time you saw Madonna?
1: Um, sticky and sweet. Um, because that's I mean, you know, from Brazil. So like that was she's been to Brazil before, but I was too young, so I couldn't go. Um, like just like a baby. Um, but then sticky and sweet was when she went there again. And it was incredible to see her super close. Um, and then I've seen her like
0: three more times, I think, since
1: then. And- Something like
0: that. You know, how about you? I oh God, I think the first time I saw her was a confessions tour, and then I've seen every tour since then. Um, I love that you said, like, the first time she was in Brazil was when you were a baby, and then Sticky and Sweet was when you actually saw her, because that just shows the power of Madonna. Um, yes. <laughs> how have your first few months in Los Angeles been going? I know we've had weird weather.
1: It's... I feel like I've been conned about this weather, because we are pretty much in June at this point like you know Memorial Day and it's still kind of foggy still rainy something like what is going on and now I get here and people are like well we have June gloom in LA I'm like so when does it actually get nice <laughs>
0: yeah but that's the weird thing we do have June gloom and I didn't nobody told me about this before I moved here but like June gloom and May gray or whatever you want to call it starts out gray in the morning and then by 12 o'clock like the sun's out and everything's Nice. It has not been like that. I don't know. This is the weirdest Los Angeles weather that I've encountered in my time here. So I apologize on behalf of the city, but otherwise, how do you like LA though?
1: I mean, otherwise been great, like fabulous. I've been enjoying the city. So I was in San Francisco for a little bit, which I do love San Francisco, but I feel like I'm from Rio. So I kind of needed something that felt a little sunnier in San Francisco just, I don't know, I was missing that. And I was in New York for a long time, you know that. So it's kind of like I needed to go back a little bit to what I was raised in and what my roots are a little bit. So I feel like LA is kind of like a perfect little middle ground.
0: In a way, I mean, our Queen Madonna does have a song called I Love New York, where she does say Los Angeles is for people who sleep. And first of all, I like sleeping, so I've never taken offense (laughs) to that. But she's right, like uh, opposite of Rio, like Rio parties late Los Angeles is pretty much like a dead zone after 1030, in my opinion, (laughs) like you can't even get food. It is for people who sleep and I'm very much in my sleep era. So,
1: you know, you don't see me out after 10, you don't see me like awake at over 10pm at night on
0: weeknights. And I love
1: going to bed by 2am. So I am not complaining about that anymore.
0: (laughs) Your, Your sleep schedule in general baffles me because sometimes like you can't we can't reach you after 10 p.m but then at like 5 30 a.m you're up and talking and texting about the housewives or Vanderpump Rules. so i'm like oh, okay he's probably one of those wake up early go to the gym people
1: so no so i go to gym later i just need like i have a long breakfast moment where you know i like to wake up early like watch something before i start working I just need to kind of you know get in the mindset and that's why like you get my over housewife comments because usually i am trying to catch up before work or
0: something a little bit so yeah, way before work it's like eight o'clock i was like he just gave me a full recap on the ultimate girls trip what yes. did you wake up to watch no, i'm like setting back at 3 a.m no oh my gosh don't even don't even i'm already judged enough for doing too many ridiculous things <laughs> okay well, speaking of ridiculous things before we get into the topics i wanted to know if you could tell me what life is like as an influencer
1: I don't know. I would like to know. Tell me that. I have no idea.
0: <laughs> Being modest. You are such an influencer. Such an Only influencer. in your life, baby. <laughs> Fair. So tell the people where they can find you on social media so you can grow this base of influence that you refuse to acknowledge. Amazing.
1: Um, yes. Um, you can find me on right now just on Instagram because my Twitter presence is currently suspended. Thank Ooh. you, Elon. Um, but at Yann Yann Hatchwell H A T C H U E L. Usually, if you just type in Jan H, I pop up. So, yeah, because you're famous,
0: that's why. <laughs> <laughs> and so- you can find me at John Raphael 12 if you want to co host. And let's get into it. Okay, let's go. So, I mentioned that you wake up very early to watch Bravo TV, and you have kept me very much informed with Scandal these last few months. So the scandal that has rock reality TV continues to reverberate as Bravo aired the first part of the reunion last Wednesday. The first part featured Andy Cohen doing separate interviews with the three cast members involved in the scandal, Ariana, Tom, and Raquel, while also featuring the main cast. The rumor is that these next two episodes of the reunion is going to reveal something so shocking that even the cast doesn't know about it and might not even want to continue with the show once they know. So what do you think is this shocking rumor or truth that is going to be revealed?
1: So, I mean, the rumors are that Raquel is pregnant and that's what they reveal. I don't think that's true because if she was, she would have been showing at this point or like cameras would have like, you know, TMZ or someone would have um, caught up to that. I kind of think it's going to be something underwhelming because Bravo is known for that. They love to hype up a secret. They love to hype up a season. And then at the end, it's like, you know, it's a dog that, like, somehow Lisa Vanderpump adopted or didn't adopt or gave to the Reed or didn't give to the Reed.
0: So That's very, very Lucy, Lucy, apple juicy. I agree with yes. you. I don't think it's going to be like a groundbreaking secret because who would know? I think the other rumor is that Lisa Vanderpump actually knew about the affair between Tom and Raquel. Um, a few months ago and just kept it silent but would that really be like groundbreaking no I don't think so yeah also I mean unless I also why would Lisa revealed I
1: mean I guess maybe Tom could show a text message or something but I, I don't know I also Lisa tweeted some things about it that like I feel like it's not something that's related to her I mean and also like Lisa's presence on the whole show is just at this point it's kind of funny to me, just feels camp because-
0: Very much so.
1: (laughs) She's just like there, obviously she's not really friends with any of them, but I kind of love to see her pop in and out as if she's like this huge matriarch of the group. It's kind of amazing.
0: (laughs) she's on the show for name recognition alone. Um, I think the other rumor that I'm hearing is that the affair that Raquel and Tom had started, or they hooked up maybe once while she was still with James back in the day, um, which oh, pretty uh, this would be pretty groundbreaking, I would say if it, if it yes. had been that long ago. So
1: I haven't heard that one, but that would, I mean, again, like everyone in this group just like fucks everyone somehow, you know. Yeah. It you know, it's very incestuous, but I wouldn't be shocked at this point. I feel like, you know, is there anything that could be revealed? it would be like, I could never see this coming. I feel like with
0: this candle, everything's possible. Oh, no, for sure. And, and you said it. Andy Cohen called them out during the reunion saying, like, you've all had affairs, except for, I think, like, Kate. <laughs> good old Katie. Um, so what did you think of the reunion in general, this first part? So
1: I think first thing is everyone needs to be watching this on Peacock.
0: Yeah. It's- oh, my God. Yes. Thank you for the plug. Yeah, that is the yeah. uncensored, longer version of the reunion. And I waited to Friday to watch it for that specific reason. It just changes everything.
1: A hundred percent. I mean... That was something that like, I had to watch it. Like you have to watch it the next day. It's just, it just changes everything. So like, that's the way to watch it. I feel like Wednesday nights are probably are no longer like where people are gonna be talking about it. Wait until the next morning, watch it there. Um, First part was perfect because I was a little bit hesitant because I'm like, a lot happened this season, so I'm kind of like, oh, maybe, you know, when they are like, they're just gonna go through all these other like previous like little bits of drama that we don't no longer care about, but they jump right in. So like, and what showed the trailer with Raquel a hundred oh, feet God. away?
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, first first of all, they're editing this like a thriller, which I appreciate. Like <laughs> it's like a horror movie. Um, I. Raquel watching for those that don't watch the show Raquel can't be on the stage when Sheena is on the stage because they have a restraining order against each other. Raquel filed one against Sheena I should say. Um so Raquel's watching in a trailer and kind of like smirking. Um mm-hmm. I don't you know, I didn't I did, ugh, I just wanted her to be out there and like I don't know. And then Lala was super super aggressive I thought but in the best way like when she rejects Lisa Vanderpump's opinion when she tells Tom to shut the fuck up. Like it just hits so much harder on Peacock, I have to say.
1: It, it does. It does. I feel like moving forward, like all reunions need to be like this. Like I oh. need the extended cut, you know? Like we no longer need to keep it. Give us everything. You know, we and don't need to be censored.
0: And one person who was giving everything certainly was James Kennedy, who oh. would not like it was actually kind of distracting towards Anna. I was like, James, please like calm down a little bit, just a little bit.
1: You know, I'm not his
0: biggest fan.
1: Um, he just seems like it's just like that like needy, like child syndrome where like everything has to be about him. It's like me, 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 me the whole time. And you know, let the women shine. Like, this is Ariana's moment, not yours.
0: Um, he's just like doing too much for camera time, and I just can't way too much. And I think you I mean, the thing with this show is they're all kind of horrible people, with the exception <laughs> of Ariana. Like, I think yes. Ariana probably the one who like is smart and like uh she's the sheena. sheena has had her moments though in the last 10 years i'm sure has um, she not
1: i don't know i feel like sheena's pretty harmless and i feel like she was like ganged up upon in the beginning by like the other girls not ariana i feel like ariana was always perfect and sheena she gave us songs you know like they appreciate like a camp bravo pop diva so yeah
0: and now they're giving um, us great commercials, too, with that song. So
1: you <laughs> she go, she's cashing in, you know, who's having the last laugh now, Stassi? <laughs>
0: Gosh, totally. Um, I my plan is to start watching Vanderpump Rules from season one, because, as you know, I've never I just never wanted to watch people around my age on reality TV. And then they're still slightly a little bit older. So I'm like, OK, I can get into well, it. Well, But in <laughs>
1: season one, they're younger. So.
0: Yes, but at the time, I have to I have to go back to standard definition days when you know they turned Beverly Hills into Vanderpump Rules so seamlessly. So there's there's a lot to dig into that I I want to revisit when I'm by myself. <laughs> my I mean, that's, that. I will say, and you know this about me too. That's the only
1: show that I watch with people that are like somewhat young. You know, I like
0: my reality show with women forty five plus. Please excuse my dinging, you know, I, I, I'm I not an audio technician here. Um, So with this whole Scandal thing, have you been triggered at all by the whole affair?
1: Uh, yes, yes. I mean, I feel like everyone um, that's been cheated on in the past has. Um, and what's kind of interesting, kind of ridiculous is how these patterns really repeat and how the way that like even like the way you see like Tom Sandoval reacting, it's just like so similar to experiences that like at least I personally lived, and I feel like that's why, same, right? And I feel like that's why it's gotten so big because it's so relatable and it just like goes, it's just like the intersection of all these different things that like a whole lot of people have experienced and it's just kind of like a collective catharsis, I feel.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, I've I've been incredibly triggered by it too. I think what it's different layers and it all hits me at different times too. It hit me this past week was I was listening to Ariana who did the call her daddy um, podcast. It's like a two hour thing. I'm very much into the scandal, apparently. Um, <laughs> and she's talking about how, when she found out, Tom was saying to her like, Hey, can you stop like telling everyone? And that really triggered me. Cause I remember when, when I got cheated on like that day, of course, like instantly I was telling my friends what was happening. Our friends, I should say, cause we had built a life together. And I remember him texting me multiple times that day, but one of them was, Hey, like, would you mind, like, not telling all of our friends what happened? And it just infuriates me. It's like, you don't get to fucking dictate who I get to tell because of what you did to me. So.
1: No. And and you're also telling the truth. You know, you're not. Absolutely. Creating, like, you're just telling what happened to you. That's it. Yeah. And and if the truth is so infuriating, then don't do it
0: then. (laughs) Exactly. Because you're not worried about me at that point. You're just worried about your own image and you don't want the truth out there so I think that's what Tom Sandoval kind of strikes me as like the way he was yelling at Ariana um multiple times and kind of gaslighting her into making her believe that it was her fault like triggered 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 anyway
1: hundred oh, percent oh my gosh it's just it was even like the scene of like this was in the finale or like when the two of them were talking there was like the scene of like Tom and that whole thing was just really difficult to watch because it and all the times like a lot of bravo does not seem too raw or too real and that's why it's enjoyable too but like that just seemed it was hard it was yeah. hard to watch
0: what it really was. was so the next two parts of the reunion will air in the next two weeks but we are moving on to some actual sadder news because the world lost the legend last week when rock and roll icon tina turner passed away the singer had been battling various illnesses the last few years, including kidney failure and intestinal cancer. Tina Turner was born anime Bullock in 1939, and she was simply the best. So let's talk about the legacy of Tina Turner. Was she big in Brazil? Was she big in Brazil? So this is, I'll give you one step, just
1: to, um She showed up to perform in Rio in um, 1988, um, and that became the highest, like the highest attended concert of all time that went into the Guinness World, world of Record. 188,000 people. And I remember growing up and always just hearing my mom say, oh my God, mother say, like they would always like reference that Tina show because it was just something that so like Brazil, yeah, Brazil just loves Tina Turner. And I grew up and like and, 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 as we should, as we should. She
0: like, is a legend. I think what I love about anyone in the music industry is kind of how you can sustain that level of fame, that longevity. So she obviously had a huge career in the 1960s with Ike Turner. And those, those were the proud Mary days. And then the 70s were kind of a lull for her, as they were for kind of share, like post that Sonny era, post that Ike Turner era, where they almost become like, not a joke, but like, they're trying to reach that level of success again. And then in her 40s is when What's Love Got To Do With It came out and Private Dancer. And she really transformed her career into being one of the most successful female artists of all time. Um and my favorite song I think would be probably What's Love Got to Do with It or Private Dancer. I can't decide because they're both so good. They're a perfect songs. So they're
1: and it's so like it's incredible that like even like in the 80s, she managed to like reach the highest levels of her career, like in her 40s and 50s and like and just putting on these incredible concerts like you see her on stage and it's it, it it's honestly I feel like she might be the greatest living well, no, no longer living for she but like the greatest performer of all time like she just embodied music
0: in a way that oh my gosh now she did stop touring and performing like I don't know maybe 10 15 years ago but I remember when I was in yeah. college in Boston, in like 2008 Um, My friends went to go see her and I wasn't like a big Tina fan at that point, which is a regret. But I remember seeing videos and like she would walk across this little like catapult and like onto the top of the stage. And I'm like, this woman is in her 60s and she like still is taking risks and doing, you know, choreography and like performing at at, like a top, top level that half the girls her age don't even do. So kudos to her. But um,
1: even today, not even close. And like, oh, my God, no. And in heels too. Like she did not play
0: she totally
1: oh my well like the energy uh, like what an amazing like the way that she would also do like proud mary like the live version of proud mary it's like literally like 10 minutes yes. <laughs> yeah. it's just unbelievable. Um, believable um also you know what's really fucking um, well this is kind of actually funny so she she followed um six people on instagram i don't
0: know if you knew this I don't even know if she... Is it really her, though? Because I feel like Tina is not wasting time on Instagram.
1: Well, probably not.
0: But guess First what? Following. Was, one of the people that she
1: was following was Cheryl Cole. Cheryl Cole? From Girls Aloud. Really? Cheryl Cole. Well, um, you know, I do love
0: me some Cheryl Cole.
1: Oh, oh, me too. Me too. But, like, why... If Tina Turner is only following six people... Why would Cheryl Cole be one of them?
0: Because she had a um, gay assistant who was upset <laughs> with girl brands in the UK and was like, Cheryl Cole got to fight for this love, got to get her attention.
1: I yeah, I mean, my, so I have a theory that um, she was actually my theory is that so Cheryl Cole's handle is Cheryl Official, and my theory is that she probably thought she was following Cher. Oh, I thought <laughs> I thought you were going to say Cheryl Crow. Um, No, I probably thought because they were really good friends and she doesn't follow Cher.
0: So I think she accidentally follows Cheryl Cole and. (laughs) Hey, Cheryl Cole is lucky to be followed by Tina Turner. And yes, Cher and Tina Turner had a great friendship um, that kind of stood the test of time. I heard Cher went to go visit her before she died recently. And Tina is just leaving behind such a great legacy. Like if you aren't familiar with her music at all, there's an HBO documentary that is excellent There is obviously the biopic starring Angela Bassett from the 90s. There's a Broadway musical that's touring. It's actually coming here to L.A. soon. So, like, if you need some Tina, there's plenty of Tina around there. I think she wrote two biographies or autobiographies, I should say. So get familiar because she had quite the life from domestic abuse to rising to the top of the charts. Unlike anyone else, like truly one of the greatest of the greats. Truly one of the greatest of the greats. Also, another great who has also had longevity in the music industry is Miss Kylie Minogue. So we're moving on from one legend to another. Kylie is back promoting her new single, Padam Padam, which has taken over social media in the gay world, at least. Um, From her forthcoming 16th studio album, Tension, she also celebrated her 55th birthday yesterday. So happy birthday, Kylie. Again, 16th studio album. That's pretty impressive. So we, you and I, recently had the chance to, quote, meet uh, the legend herself this past week. Oh. <laughs> you can tell people about that, that experience.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, a very high emphasis on quote, um, meet Kylie Minogue. Um, we, I mean, she was doing, I mean, what we thought was like a wine tasting and a photo op and all that, getting there was really just a meet and greet. And you know, you messaged me, I think the, the thing started at 3 p.m. You messaged me at noon saying there was a line around the block. And I was like, I don't think we can do this.
0: No, because um, we're we're jaded. And also how naive of me to think that there wouldn't be a line at Kylie Minogue because I get that she's true. not famous, famous, famous here in oh. the United States. Outside of the gay community, she's not that, as we know, we were waiting in line. True,
1: true, okay, fair, fair.
0: You remember like an Amazon delivery person came by and she's like, what are you guys waiting for? And I was like, Kylie Minogue. She's like, who? And I'm like, <laughs> Kylie Minogue, what? I'm like, eh, it's a singer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: But I mean, I'm glad we did. I'm like glad
0: we, we waited, what, like two hours, two and a half hours? Two and a half yeah. hours. But again, worth it because we had fun. Also, we were in the very back of the line. Like, I think like five people joined after us, and that was pretty much it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But Honestly, just having that literal minute with her um, was incredible, especially like as someone who I've always been Kylie obsessed um, my whole life, yeah. ever like truly as a little kid when like no one knew who Kylie was, even in Brazil. Um, she's like, just I've always followed her. So to be able to be have like a little moment with her was everything. And yeah. absolutely.
0: it. And for a wine line, which is quite random, but I have to say, her rosé prosecco was actually really damn good. So, go out and get your Kylie wine. What do you think of the new single? Um, so let's talk about the padamic,
1: as the gays are calling it. Um, and I feel like this is like my Dr. Fauci moment because I've been preparing my whole life for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've studied. I like. like, like this is. This is my PhD is in Kylie Minogue, is in Minogue Studies. Um, because Danny includes there too. Um, it's incredible um uh, that this whole movement is happening
0: and everyone's just obsessed with it. Yeah, um totally. the gays, especially. I mean, it is it is for the gays. She made it for the gays, it feels like.
1: Oh, it is. It's the new gay hello, right? I was just like seeing someone say something like, if you say padam to a gay, like they say padam back. And, you know, it's the new hanky code. Like, you know, like you just kind of know each other. Like <laughs> with
0: family, yeah. What, what do you think we can expect from the new album?
1: Um, So what I think is it's like, this is her first
0: album in almost a
1: decade of like current pop music, right? Because like before she did Golden, which was country, oh, then cool. disco, um, like Kiss Me Once was, which was like in 2014, I believe. So like almost 10 years. Um, I feel like it's just gonna be like bankers after bankers, you know, I'm excited. Um, if like Padam is what we should
0: expect, I also hope we're gonna get an extended version of everything because I need songs to yeah, be more she, than three minutes. good about that. She's already hinted at that since she released the Padam extended remix somewhere because it's certainly not on Spotify, but I digress. But she did do the disco extended. So I yeah, because yeah, the song is pretty short um also some other new music that's coming out Dua Lipa released a song from the Barbie soundtrack which it's fine it sounds a lot like her other stuff like it's Mm -hmm. fine but Nelly Furtado is also making a big comeback um this week and I've heard snippets of the song on TikTok and I have to say it sounds really fucking good
1: I mean it's a good week for millennial gays that's all I'll say
0: totally
1: if you've lived through those like you know 2000s, like having Nellie come back, suddenly having Kylie do so well, too. Um, I feel like, you know, it's it's really well, the gay gods are looking at us this week.
0: They are. They are not looking, though, at people who love the show Succession, because there's a lot of high profile TV shows ending this week. I promise you, no spoilers. Um, Succession had its series finale last night. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Ted Lasso, they're all ending. So You just watched Succession. So without spoiling, what did you think of how the series ended? I thought it was a near perfect ending near
1: not. I don't want to give spoilers. Um, I just felt like because Succession is such just feels like such a Shakespearean affair. You know, I was hoping for. And more tragedy at the end, just like really empty it up and like leave me like, what the hell just happened here? but it was still incredible um and like the twists and turns and like it was an hour and a half and it felt like it was like 25 minutes like the whole oh, yeah. thing just went by like this
0: it felt like i'm sure it felt like a like a full feature film did did the person who you want to take over the company take over the company in the end um no oh okay Okay. no
1: but no but it was uh, but i was also happy with what it wasn't like a game of thrones situation that like
0: it ends like the person that got the throne i feel like we can say at this point right i think we can also game of thrones had one of the worst final seasons ever so yeah they stick that landing succession i'm hearing did stick the landing. yes
1: absolutely so that's what i saying. like you know because interesting like both had this whole thing who's going to take over everything in the end like they had like this similar this similar like plot line um and Game of Thrones was a disaster, Succession was the opposite. They
0: figured it out and 100% recommend watching it. Yeah, I would say um, I'm going to watch the full season now as a whole, because I've actually sat the season now because there's just too much to watch. But um, if you have any interest in female comedians, which I think I have some experience in that realm, um, Marvelous, I'm Mrs. Sure do. <laughs> Marvelous Mrs. Mazel, which is like seems to be sort of based on Joan Rivers as kind of haxes um, was really mm-hmm. really stuck that landing for for the final episode as well um yeah Game of Thrones didn't end well but Friends I would say kind of almost ended perfectly so like it's really hard to end a show that people are like really obsessed with so I'm happy that Succession is getting there
1: It is. It is. It's also tough when it's like a show that you enjoy, and they have such like shit final season.
0: And like all I can think of is like, I'm sure you've seen Desperate Housewives, right? All every frame of Desperate Housewives. I could do a whole podcast on Desperate Housewives.
1: Maybe you should because that show should come back. But like that final season um, was just so insane from like the initial plot of like the whole thing is like them trying to hide a murder that. Because Gabby's stepfather tried to rape her and Carlos killed her, killed him to like save her, which is self-defense, like in his home. You know what I mean? They could just call the police and figure that out. And the whole show, we had like, I don't know, like eight seasons, seven seasons and being about about them,
0: like being friends and it ends with them no longer speaking to each other ever again. (laughs) No, totally. I mean, first of all, I know we love the Housewives. So like the Diamonds and Rosé book that came out for Real Housewives, I would love... An expose on Desperate Housewives because you know there was so much backstage tension between those cast members. They all hated Terry Hatcher at one point. Yeah. Sheridan and Mark Cherry, like so much, so much stuff there. Desperate Housewives is um kind of uh I don't think we'd have the real Housewives without uh Desperate Housewives. So yes, I don't there were season two of Desperate Housewives was pretty terrible. So if you're new to the Desperate Housewives world, you can watch season one standard, I mean excellent and then season two is kind of standard um and then it goes a little bit crazy but vanessa williams really spices up the cast um i can go on all day about desperate housewives i actually now like want to just re-watch everything
1: you should i mean i re-watched it
0: during covid actually and beginning to end was perfect uh, perfect it's hard because network shows are so different like i would love to see desperate housewives come back on like uh HBO or a Netflix, um, just where they can kind of swear a little bit more. Cause like network shows just feel so outdated now.
1: Well, you can pitch Netflix, you you know, you're you're part of the inner workings of the organization.
0: (laughs) I'm sure they would love that. I'm sure they would love that. As long as it doesn't come back on Disney because Disney would probably water it down. But speaking of Disney, our last topic, and we only have 20 seconds because we've really, this has gone by too fast. Little Mermaid was finally released this past weekend and the film earned over $160 million at the U.S. box office. Fifth highest Memorial Day weekend debut of all time. Congratulations, Disney. Congratulations, Halle Bailey. Congratulations, Jan. Thank you for being here. Thank you, and
1: I loved starring the Little Mermaid as well. I had a great role.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you soon.